Hey everyone, it's Justin here. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Junior High Ministry Podcast. This week, we are talking about sex. Uh, We are talking about sex in a very clear way, a very biblical way, how God created sex, and some of the lies that we hear in the world, some of the things that we see in advertising, um, some of the things that we hear from our friends, some of the things that we maybe assume because this is what movies or TV shows or our friends have told us um, about sex. You know, sex is like anything else. The information we take in is going to determine the decisions or the views we have on that subject. You know, that's why math, you know, math class, uh, what the teacher teaches us, what we read in textbooks, you know, what we do with our parents as we're doing our homework, that determines what we know about math. The same thing happens with sex. Uh, The information we take in from our friends, from movies, from TV shows, maybe a little bit of what we hear at school, that goes into our determination of what we believe about sex. And we got to make sure that we talk about what God's opinion is, what his view is is about sex because one, he's the one that created sex. Two, BZ talks about sex a lot in the Bible. So I hope you enjoyed this week's lesson. If you have questions about it, let us know. And we are teaching it and finishing up the series, Great Expectations, next weekend. Um, it's going to be great. Let us know if you have questions. Enjoy the lesson. Have a good one. Bye. Pastor, and today we're talking about sex. And you probably remember this maybe even better than I do, but most students especially, like you remember where you were when you had that sex talk with mom and dad. Maybe it was like an awkward kind of car ride. And listen, here's the thing. I promise you, they were probably more uncomfortable than you were. Like, it was an awkward car ride. Maybe it was like a like at the, the dinner table. Maybe it was like this sex talk. Like, you were at, like, you know, at a campsite. You went camping, and, and you know, the birds were flying, and, you're, and Dad looked at you and like, all right, well, let me, I want to tell you a couple things, son. I remember with my mom, when we had the sex talk, we were watching The Lion King, and the very end of The Lion King, when Rafiki holds up the little baby lion, and Simba's there, and Nala's there, and Rafiki's holding this little baby lion, I looked at my mom and said, where'd that little lion come from? The little lion wasn't there in the whole movie. And she looked at me, and she just knew she was, you know, it was time for the talk. And she rewinded the movie to that part of the movie, and they're like wrestling around, and she paused it on Nala when she was giving Simba the sex eyes, and she was like, that was the moment. Like right there when like they were like they like knew that love was happening and then you know they went and got you know lion married and then they had a little tiny and you you, because here's the thing here's the thing sex sex is everywhere. I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, even if our parents didn't give us a talk, maybe, maybe what we know about sex is just motivated by what we see in movies or TV shows or magazines or music. And you'll say, Justin, what are you talking about? There's no sex in music. Dude, show me your playlist and I'll point out all the songs that are about sex. Because here's the thing that's true, and I want you to write it down. It's going to be up here on the screen. When it comes to sex, sex and sexuality are a huge part of our culture today. It's a huge part of our culture today. It's not just like the main theme in movies. I mean, every movie, like there has to be some kind of like a love thing. You know what I like? Listen, I'm a big fan of the Avengers. I can't, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Avengers. I like fighting crime, I like stopping bad guys. But like, why do you have to make this big love thing between the Hulk and Scar, you know, uh, Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow? Like, why do you got to make it a thing? Like I'm watching Age of Ultron and I was sitting there, I was watching it with students, bro. I'm watching it with students and here comes Bruce Banner coming out of the shower and there's Scarlett, you know, the, the Black Widow standing there like maybe i should have joined you like even in the avengers there are sexual undertones to the stories that are being told because 
Sex is everywhere in culture. Let me give you a couple examples of this. I have a couple photos here. And I want you to know, before you see any of the photos, before you see any photos, I want you to know, I want you to know that these photos, I did not make these. I did not edit these in any way. These are from real companies who advertise to you, to students, to people. And I'm going to tell, I'm going to show you the photo. I'm going to tell you where I found it. And then I'm going to tell you what I believe culture is trying to say about sex to you. So here's the photo number one. Photo number one. Yeah. Okay. This is, uh, this is an axe ad. Okay, this is an axe ad. Now, here's the thing. I know a lot of, I know a lot of boys who use axe. And I'm going to tell you, this ad is saying something specific. It's telling young men. It's telling young men that if you use axe, if you use this body spray, girls are just going to appear around you. I know this isn't true because I know a lot of you use axe and girls couldn't be further away from you. But yet, yet they advertise selling sex to you because they believe if you have that view of sex in your mind, that you will buy more of their products. Now here's a uh, number two. You guys are going to blow your mind. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. A lot of you, a lot of you are probably thinking, I can't believe Justin put this on the screen at church. I, I just can't believe this. this is a, we're at church. You know where I got this photo? I got this photo from the Irvine Spectrum. It's the American Apparel at Irvine Spectrum. Now, here's the thing. You might be reacting this way right now. But I doubt that you and your friends react this way when you're with your parents walking through the spectrum. See, because when we're walking through the spectrum, this is just an advertisement. You know, when we're walking through the spectrum and we see this, we don't, we, we're reacting this way because it's at church. See, but when we're walking through life and we're being told a story of what sex should be in culture... We don't react this way. Like, this is normal for us as we're walking through Fashion Island. I mean, this is normal. But this isn't a normal story of what sex is. All right, here's the very last one. Here's the very last one. All right. So, I don't know if anyone wears cologne or Calvin Klein. Maybe you're wearing a Calvin Klein shirt right now. I don't know. Yeah, but this is what I know for sure. This is what I know for sure. Number one, I've never seen this before. I go to the beach all the time. I've never seen a moment like this. Want to know why I've never seen a moment like this? Because this isn't real. This is make-believe. You know, this is what they, they put together, the advertisers put together to sell you on a message. Young women, this is what it's telling you. It's telling you that if, if a guy, a handsome guy, smells just right, that this is how you should show your affection to him. That this is what is okay for you. And I want you to know, girls, that this is not what's okay. You know, I know what culture says. This is fine. This isn't fine. You know, God has a very different perspective on what's okay, you know, what sex should be. You know, I want you to write this down and skip up here on the screen. Some of us, some of us are so used to seeing the message of sex that we don't even notice how it's affecting us. You know, you walk through the mall, you maybe you're sitting there scrolling online on your phone and ads pop up, and, and it doesn't even register to you what you see and how it's affecting you and the difference that it's making. But here's the thing. It's so true that culture has a very different view of what sex is than God does. And the more and more we stop noticing that it's around us, the more and more it just becomes part of our day-to-day -day life, the more and more our perspective of what 
healthy, good, God-created sex looks like, and more, sex becomes something that's not real, something that has different expectations, something that can leave us feel hurt, leave us feel <coughs> mistreated, maybe even leaving us feeling guilty and ashamed. The world and God, they have two completely different perspectives. Now, I want you to write this down and see what appears on the screen. Sexual, um, the, the sexual messages we're bombarded with are changing our expectations about sex and our view of sexuality. Here's the thing. <clears throat> I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm fortunate to be married uh, and, and my wife's an incredible, incredible woman. And, you know, she is a strong, powerful, confident woman. And her confidence does not come from what she wears. Her confidence comes from who she knows she is in Jesus Christ. And you might hear that and you say, man, that just sounds so churchy. Listen, maybe it is churchy or maybe it's just true. Maybe there's a lot of young people who walk around with a very different expectation of what their sexuality is because they feel they have to be something that they're not because that's what everyone else is saying they should be. You know, maybe our expectations of sex become different. You know, maybe our expectations of sex as a young person starts to get changed, that it should look like the way it looks on the movie, and it should look like the way it looks in this magazine, and, and, and I should be able to just enjoy it now because that's what the characters in the show do, and so why can't I? And our expectations of how God created sex to be gets warped, gets destroyed, gets polluted. You know, I want to give you a couple examples here. <coughs> Of, of just a little bit of what I believe, and I believe this is going to be true, uh, how I believe that, that the goal of the world, so we appear on the screen, is to change from God's view to the world's view. The, I, I believe out there the goal is to change our minds from God's view to wor the world's view. Now you might think, well, hold on a second here. I, I don't even know if I'm starting with God's view. Like, I don't know if I'm even beginning with God's view. I want you to know you are, because that's how God created you. So I want to start off in Genesis chapter 1, the very beginning. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? He, he starts creating land and the sea and the fish and the birds. He creates all this stuff. And then he, he looks at all the things he's created one by one. And this is what he says. He says that it's good. He creates the animals. He says this is good. He creates the, the sky and he, he made the land and, and separated the oceans. And he looked and he said that it's good. But then he created man. And from man, he created woman. And he looked and he said, this is very good. In the very beginning, God had like such this beautiful, unique plan that he, he, he created everything. He put the people in the Garden of Eden, which was awesome. And Adam and Eve are there just running around and naked, riding horses, having sex with each other. Like they're having the time of their lives in Eden, okay? Hey, they are. What do you think they're doing in there? Playing, playing uh, Fortnite the whole time? And they're, they're like, they're doing stuff. All right, yeah, they're not doing that, all right? <clears throat> and and that's, that's the very beginning. That's how God created sex to be this beautiful thing between a husband and a wife but here's what happened and you guys know this is true because you guys live in the real world all the things that god created human beings us because we're sinners because in the moment adam and eve chose to sin and rebel against god and because we are all born of that that flawed template of sin we all know that the things that god created that are good typically are taken and used for evil. The things that God created to be great, like friendships. I mean, God created friendships. But I think all of us have had a friendship where it hasn't gone well. It hasn't worked out. Things you know, in that friendship have imploded and destroyed. And it's been painful and it's been difficult. That there are things that God created to be good that we destroy and warp 
and ruin. Sex is one of those things. See, God created sex. You know, God created sex with this beautiful vision, this beautiful idea, and that we're the ones who actually go in and we destroy everything, and we make it something that it's not. And because we all have that, like, that God peace in us, well, there's this, this, there's this idea that we, we know, you know what it feels like when we're living outside what God has wanted us you know, to do. We know what that feels like. Yeah, it feels guilty. It feels shameful. It feels embarrassing. It feels uncomfortable. But sometimes we just go along with it. Why do we go along with it? Because that's what the world says we should do. I'm going to show you a couple examples of what the world says and then what God says. And my desire is that we learn something today about the topic of sex. So let's take a look at the first one, okay? This is what the world says. Why wait? Have sex now. It, if, and if, if not sex, do other sexual things. You won't regret it. You know, listen, I'm married, okay? I have two kids, so at very least, I've had sex two times in my life. And I'm going to tell you this. From holding hands to making babies, there's a whole bunch of stuff in between. Ask your parents about that. But this is what the world says. This is what the world says. The world says that from holding hands to making babies, you should be able to do whatever you want when you want. It's no big deal. There are no consequences. You know, you're not going to regret it. It feels good. Like, this isn't a bad thing. That's what the world says. And maybe you know people who are like that. I mean, I've seen movies that tell that story. Like, oh, man, it's no big deal. It's just a thing. You're going you're gonna to enjoy it while you're doing it. And, and you know, you'll forget about it. And don't worry about it. You'll move on. But, you know, I've talked to a lot of people. And, you know, they don't just move on. You know, actually, with every small sexual encounter they have, regardless of where it is from holding hands and making babies, that there's a piece of them that's left behind. You know, there's a piece of them that they lose. Why is that? Well, I think I know why it is. I think it's because God didn't intend sex to be something that we hand out a piece at a time along the way. That it, sex wasn't made for us to just give away a little bit and a little bit and a little bit as we're going through our junior high and high school and college years. And then one day we'll get married and then everything will be fine. Maybe sex was created differently. You know, this is what the Bible says. You know, this is the God's view of sex. Galatians uh, 5.19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual morality, impurity. Okay, that's like the screwing around before marriage. Debauchery. No, let's not get into that one. The acts of the flesh are obvious. You know what I love about the word obvious? It's obvious. Right, you know something that's obvious? It's like a big neon sign. Imagine a big neon sign, blinking fluorescent lights. That's obvious. You can't miss that. That's how God describes sex outside of marriage. That these things are obvious. These acts of the flesh, they are obvious. They're not small things. They're not isolated things. They're not little things that are no big deal and don't worry about it. And, and you'll wake up tomorrow and just forget about it. And, and No, no, no. The acts of the flesh are obvious. They're big. And every time along the way, you give away a little piece of yourself. That's not how God intended sex to be. You know, here's another view that the world has about sex. Do what feels good. Instant gratification. You know why I know this is true? Do you know why I know this is true? Because one, because I read a lot of stuff about this generation, the generation Z, your generation. And one of the things I read about your generation is that you have this instant gratification about you. You know, YouTube, who's a YouTube person? I'm a YouTube person. You, okay, good. So I'm a big YouTube person. You know that YouTube is completely rethinking the way they advertise to your generation. You want to know why? Because they found that your generation, Generation Z, that when you click on a video, you have about four to seven seconds before you decide if you want to keep watching the video or if you want to click to the next video. That's how much time you have. Because you want instant gratification, you want to, be, you want to see what you want to see immediately, and if you don't see what you want to see, then you're going to move on. 
They're redoing the whole way they advertise to people like you. You know what the world says? The world says, you know what? Don't worry about it. Don't think. Don't put too much thought into it. If it feels good, just go with it. Just go with it. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's like, that's another day. Just have fun now. See, but God doesn't have that perspective. God actually looks at sex differently. He looks at it actually more seriously. This is how God looks at sex. Here's a view of God. Genesis chapter 2. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Just so you guys know what we're talking about here. One flesh, that's code for sex. Okay? They leave mom and dad. Okay? They leave, they move in together because they're married and they have sex with each other. Now, you might think, well, like, I think I knew that. But, and here's the thing. This makes it feel so physical, and it's not. There's so much more to it than that. See, sex in the Bible, the way God describes it, the way he created it, isn't just a physical thing. It's not two naked people getting together and their, you know, Lego parts. That's not what it is. Sex in the Bible has a physical element. It also has a spiritual element. It has an emotional element. See, what, what, what we're talking about here, that when you leave, I want you to understand, When you leave your mother and father, you're leaving the confines of this, what should be a healthy, loving relationship, a protective relationship that is emotionally healthy, a family that is spiritually healthy. If you do Bible study with mom and dad, if you you go to church together, then you have a level of spiritual health. So when you leave mom and dad, you're not just leaving mom and dad just to move in and start having sex with, you know, the person you married to. You're leaving mom and dad to do the sex thing, which is absolutely a part of marriage, but to also start a new family together. And in that new family, sex is a part of what creates the emotional safety and the spiritual safety. Now, when you have sex outside of marriage, you're forgetting about the emotional and you're forgetting about the spiritual and you're focusing only on the physical. And I guarantee you, if I had a stool sitting right here that only had one leg on it, there's no way someone could sit and you know, be you know, held up by that stool. But yet when it comes to sex, we think, you know what? I don't need the emotional. I don't need how God created it to be in the spiritual. I can just have the physical and I'll be fine. And God says that you are wrong and that the world's wrong. That sex is not just the physical. There's more to it than that. You know, here's another lie that I think the world loves to tell. Uh, there's nothing wrong with looking. So let me talk about that for a second, okay? <clears throat> when I was a junior high kid, I was seventh grade, okay? And I went to my youth pastor's house to watch a football game. And I, I've had students over my house to watch football. I'm a big, huge football fan. So watching football and the, the, the video camera on the TV pans over to the cheerleaders dancing around and stuff. And my youth pastor, you know, pauses it. And he get, you know, gets our attention. He says, hey, guys, listen to me. You know, what's on the screen right now? The cheerleaders dancing around. You know, when you're watching that, I'm sure you're not sitting there thinking, man, what great athletes. What a great craft those cheerleaders have. They've, they've clearly worked really hard at honing their cheering talents. That's not what you're thinking. You're thinking they look good. And I wonder what they look like without their clothes on. And my youth pastor was so good well, he was, it was also really weird. You come over for a football game and then you end up getting a sex talk. That was weird. He was so good at calling out exactly what he knew we were thinking about. You know, when I was in school, listen, when I was in school, I was a guy and I'm still a guy, but now I have Jesus. When I was a younger kid, like I went to school, I didn't have Jesus. So I'd be walking, you know, down the hallway and I see a girl walking in front of me and I'm not going to lie to you. Like I'm not looking at her backpack, like I'm looking at her butt. And, and that's the thing. And you walk through and like, and here's the thing. And this is the truth. Okay. This is the truth. It's just the truth that when we look 
And there's no problem with looking at someone and being, man, they're beautiful. I, I'm, I sit there with my wife at dinner and our server, and then she walks away. And I'm like, man, she was beautiful. My wife would be like, oh, yeah, she was totally beautiful. Here's the thing where we start to get lost. There's no problem taking a look and saying, man, that's beautiful, that's great, and not dwelling on it, not thinking about it. It's when we give it that second look. It's when we get that second look and we start to think about them scenarios. Like, man, they look good. Well, actually, they look really good. Like, I wonder what they would look like and we start to kind of play the naked game in our mind. And here's what happens when we do that, guys, and what happens when we do that, girls. There's parts of our brain that start to become destroyed. See, there's parts of our brain that start to get filled up with the wrong stuff instead of the good stuff. See, instead of uh, our brain getting filled up with, you know, the, looking at people the way God had made them, instead of our brains getting filled up by looking at people and respecting them the way God created them, our brain starts to get filled up with people as objects, as people as conquests, as people as just pieces of meat, and not as, as people that God made and loved and cared for. You know, this is what God has to say about looking. If I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, I know we're not married, so adultery, it's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but this is what I will tell you, okay? And you, so part of this is to the boys. Boys, I mean, we talk about modesty stuff at camp. Like, you guys are walking around without your shirts off. And like, listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. When I was a young guy, hey, you guys, this is gonna blow some of your minds. So I used to work at Abercrombie and Fitch, okay? This is like, this is like back in the day, okay? And I looked, and I'm like, I don't wanna make a big deal about it, but I looked great when I was 19, I looked a lot like Adam, actually. Big head of hair, muscles. Make some muscles, Adam. Give me some muscles. No, 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 we can do it later. And I look great, okay? And, and my job during the Christmas season, I'm not making this up. You can ask my buddy Tony. He's my best friend. He'll tell you all about it. Is that I stood in front at Abercrombie and Fitch in a pair of jeans and a belt, no shirt. And moms and women, they'd come up and they'd get photos with me, okay? And so if you think lust is only a thing that guys deal with, it's not true. Girls deal with it too. And here's the thing, boys. We talk about this at camp. That's why I tell you guys to put shirts on. Like when we're just, you're just walking around because, you, number one, you don't need to not have your shirt on. It's weird. And two, because there's this, there's this thing that, you know, as we are respecting and caring for those around us, that we're not going to, we don't want to create just more opportunities for people to lust. Okay, now... Let me say that. Now let me say this to the girls. I'll be honest with you. This gal was sitting in my office this week, and she was asking me. She was like, Justin, so you know, when it comes to the girls in junior high, what do you talk about when it comes to modesty and dress? Like, What do you say to them? And I sat there for a second, and I said, you know what? I don't say anything. I haven't talked about modesty in girls and their dress. I haven't talked about that in a long time. And I want to tell you a couple things. One, I'm really sorry for that, girls. I think as your youth pastor, that's something you should hear about from me. That you should hear me talk about how God made you beautifully exactly the way you are. You should hear me talk about how you don't have to show more skin in order to be more beautiful. That you don't have to show more skin in order to be more desirable. That you, the beauty of how God made you is not reflective in the amount of flesh that you show. You don't hear that enough from me and I apologize for that because that's a message you should hear from me more often. Let me also say this. My wife, she's a beautiful gal. She is the most beautiful when she's holding our kids. Like, I, just, I love that, okay? She's holding our kids and she's the most beautiful because beauty is not about how much skin you show. It's about who you are and the relationships you build with the people around you. And you know what else makes my wife so beautiful? That her identity is completely in Jesus Christ. 
that her identity as a woman is not found in the affections of others. It's not even found in my affection. Her identity as a woman is found in Jesus and who Jesus has called her to be. Any guy that tells you differently cares more about what they can get from you than what they can help build you up to be. And there's a problem with that, girls. And you should never settle for a guy like that. Now, here's the thing. When, when God here is talking, tell everyone, you who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery. There's something that happens in our brain when we look at people lustfully. When we look at people, we think, I wonder what they look like with no clothes on. I wonder what they look like if they were laying on top of me with no clothes. When we do those things and ask those questions, which I know that some of us have, there's something in our brains that becomes diseased. And the pieces that God wants to have there gets replaced with things that are of the world. Because the world says, man, it doesn't matter. Just look. Look, but don't touch. Look and enjoy what you see. That's not what God says. God says when you look, like you're actually destroying parts of your mind. That's not good. Here's the the last one. This is one of the world's views. Um, It's how you show someone you like them. You don't want to disappoint them. Now, you know how insane this is? This is completely insane to me. There's actually, now this is a study, like I'm basing this off of a study that I read where uh, they're uh, based on a survey that teens your age and older are saying that they feel that they are obligated to do sexual things with guys or girls at their schools or where they, you know, kind of hang out with, because if they don't, it will, it will be a disappointment. They will disappoint them. Here's the thing. If you feel obligated in any way to do anything sexual with someone outside of marriage at all, and even really within marriage, if you feel there's an obligation of disappointment, or if someone makes you feel that you are disappointing them or letting them down, I want to tell you that they care more about themselves than they care about you, and you should never, ever feel obligated in any way, shape, or form to do anything with someone that you're not married to, ever. This is what the Bible has to say about it. This is the God's view. That, but among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual morality, not even a hint, any impurity, greed, because those are improper for God's holy people. That, that, and, and I know what you're thinking. Okay, there's this, verse, um, there's this verse from Romans chapter 12. Let's throw up Romans chapter 12. It's a couple slides ahead. I want you to see this. This is what it says. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. But I want you to focus on that top part of the verse. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know what I know to be totally true? If you guys go to school tomorrow, and you're sitting at the lunch table, and people are like, hey, so what did you guys do this weekend? And some of your friends are like, oh, man, I went to Coachella. It was awesome. Oh, man, I, went, I, was go- I, went, I took my mom and dad's credit card. I went shopping at Fashion Island. It was awesome. And they're like, they look at you like, what did you do? And you're like, man, you know, so I went to church. And, you, you know, the, my youth pastor, he was talking about sex and how the world's view of sex is completely different than God's view. And that God's view of sex is that I should wait till I'm married because every sexual encounter I have up until marriage, like, that will just leave me feeling, you know, a piece of me will just be going out. And it will leave me feeling just ashamed and guilty and disappointed and that I should actually wait till I'm married. They're going to look at you and they're going to be like, ah, that guy sounds ridiculous. That's crazy. That guy sounds insane because sex is awesome. Just do it whenever. Like that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And you're going to have a moment where you decide what you believe. Because either you're going to look at him and be like, yeah, that guy is crazy. His bald, has got a ton of tattoos. Ink's probably gone to his brain. That guy's nuts. Or you're going to look at him and say, you know what, actually, I actually think that, that guy's onto something. You want to know how I know that I'm onto something? I'll tell you why. I've done a lot of marriage counseling with people, you know, as they've gotten older. 
I've done marriage counseling with about 10 different people. And every one of those marriage counseling things that I do, we always talk about sex and sexual things. And I've counseled people that have had, you know, made mistakes before. You know, had sex with other people before they got married. And every single one of those people said this. They wish they had never done those things. They wish they would have waited until they got married. That they wish that they would be able to stand in front of the guy or girl that they're marrying and be able to say, man, I've waited. It was a long wait. I had lots of opportunities. But man, I can't wait to get married to you and share everything about me with you. And you might think, well, man, that just so, that's just so wild. That's just so difficult. And, and man, you know, maybe I'll make mistakes. And, and you know, the, I'm sure it won't be that big of a deal. And, and, but I want you to know this, okay? When I was 19, 19 years old, that was the first time I had sex with someone. Very, very first time. And I had sex with a couple, you know, a couple different times after that. You know, right up until I met Jesus. And Jesus changed my life. You know, and then I didn't have sex anymore for like a decade. Uh, you know, or well, a little less than a decade, like eight years until I eventually, you know, met my wife and married my wife. And man, I remember, you know, going, getting, doing through marriage counseling and heading toward my wedding day. And I remember the, that day, and I didn't think about it a lot, but I thought about it a little bit. And I thought to myself, man, I wish I would have waited. Like, I wish I wouldn't have been just so, like, whatever about sex when I was 19. I wish I'd be able to stand in front of my wife and say, I've waited, and I've waited, and it was difficult, and I had opportunities, but I said no to those opportunities because I was waiting for the day that I could say yes to you and only you because that's how God made sex. And man, it's totally true. It's true because I know it's true because I've lived it. That every one of those times that I just gave away a piece of myself and a piece of myself and a piece of myself, and then I took pieces from these women, you know, along the way. And then I'm getting ready to get married and, and I have these pieces of, you know, these other women that I've taken along the way. And I know I've given away parts of who I am. And I look at myself and I say, man, God, I wish I didn't. You know, I, you know what I love about God? I love that God's forgiving. I love that God looks at me and he loves me. And even though I've made mistakes, he forgives me. But you know what? He, he, has, to, he has to forgive me, right? He, doesn't, he has to forgive me because he's a forgiving God. But he has to forgive me because I can't fix it on my own. And man, I, I wish I would have heard this message when I was a kid because I didn't. I wish I could have been saved from a lifetime of making mistakes. You know, here's the two things I want you to walk away with as we wrap up. Number one, I want you, I want you to notice it when it's around you. Notice it. There is sex everywhere in life and in culture. There is sex in movies, in magazines, TV shows, music. I want you to know, I don't want you to just blow it off like it's no big deal. I want you to notice it. And then I want you to do a second thing. I want you, boom, to talk about it. When, you, when you're walking through Fashion Island next time and you see some advertisement of some half-naked woman laying on some guy on the beach, girls, I want you to grab mom and dad and say, hey, mom and dad, is that, is that what I should be doing? Should I be doing that? Like, is that, and I'm serious. Listen, is that, is that what a woman should be doing? Is that what's expected of me? Hey, and boys, when you're walking around and you, you see some ad or you see some movie where guys are just going girl after girl after girl after girl, I want you to look at mom and dad and say, hey, mom and dad, is that the kind of man I should be? Is that what I should do? Should I just have sex with as many girls as possible like this guy's doing? Or is this guy wrong? Because I'm telling you, if we don't talk about it, we will be... We will be absolutely sure to fall into mistakes as we get older. I don't want that to happen. It happened to me. I don't want it to happen to you because I love you guys. Here's the big idea for today as we go. Then we're going to worship. 
God's design for sex is better than the world's design for sex. I want you to write it down and take a picture of it. And when mom and dad say, hey, what'd you learn at church today? This would be so good today. When mom and dad look at you and say, what'd you learn at church today? I want you to look at mom and dad and be like, I learned about sex today in junior high. And you're not going to believe what this guy said. And then you look back at mom and dad and you say, what'd you learn today, mom and dad? I guarantee you it's not going to be as cool as what you guys learned. Here's the deal. I love you guys. Stand on up. Let's worship together. You guys are wonderful. We'll see you next week.